Press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They have to know. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life in, in New, New York, York City. City. I'm Connor McDowell. And I'm Dylan McDowell. And here we are once again, some more drama on this fine day. And Dylan, I have some drama for you. I know that, I don't know when this episode's coming out, but I, I just have to say this because we recorded a couple this week and we didn't talk about something hugely impactful that's going on in, okay. in, in Bachelor Nation, in the world of The Bachelorette. So as, I, as we talked about, The Bachelorette started filming in the midst of quarantine at right. um, La Quinta, the resort, and it was supposed to be Claire Crawley. She was like supposed to be The Bachelorette early March, one day into filming, they shut down because of COVID, and then they, you know, everyone quarantined, they sort of figured out how they would do this, and 12 days into filming her season... She refused to leave her room and has stopped, you know, she's kind of given up her, her title as the bachelorette. She, I guess, fell in love. This is a mild spoiler, which I guess we'll see play out in a few episodes this fall, but she fell in love with the guy she gave her first impression rose to, and she's like done being the bachelorette, whatever. And iconic. That is such uh, a Claire Crawley thing to do. Oh my God. So iconic. I, I almost should have expected something odd like this to happen with her. Mm -hmm. um, but what's like super dramatic is that they're replacing her and they already have with Tasha, right. who was in the final three on Colton's season, like two bachelors ago. And then she was on yes. Bachelor in Paradise and dated John Paul Jones. She's oh, beautiful. JPJ. I know he's so cute. But, he, but didn't he end up being kind of problematic? I think he just relentlessly pursued her even when she said no over and over again. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's not Which okay. Which is troubling. Very no. troubling. I feel like in old-timey movies, that was, like, romantic. But now it's like, um, when someone says no, leave them the hell alone. I know. But anyway, so Taisha is the new Bachelorette. And I have questions because was she quarantined for two weeks, like the whole rest of the cast? Claire got through 12 days of filming. She was probably down to, like, a top... 10 or 12 at that point did they bring back guys that were already cut did they bring back guys that claire cut on the first night I, I guess some of the guys were already posting on social media like i'm free from abc now i'm not doing bachelorette anymore so wait that's so interesting to think about because you know they had like backup guys and everything ready in case people got sick or po tested positive so maybe they had Tasha on hold in case something happened that's an interesting theory because, okay, further evidence here. The guy that Claire has allegedly ended up with is someone who was in her initial batch when the batch on her season that was announced mm -hmm. in March. So people think that maybe they met via text, whatever, DMs, all of quarantine, fell in love, met in real life. She gave him the first impression rose and was like, this is my man. I don't want to, I can't date anybody else. This is my guy. Okay. And then, so maybe the producers kind of had caught on to that and had Tasha ready. I don't know. It's all very strange to me, but I'm excited to watch it. This is, this is unprecedented drama. And this is like, I guess, the second reality show that we'll see play out in real time in a COVID America. The other being yes. Big, Big Brother, Brother All-Stars. All which, I don't know. We don't have Just time started. to get into now. I don't really want to talk about Big Brother right now, but it is like 
crazy that this, I think it's the first show I've seen other than the news where people are wearing masks on TV and it's yeah. just jarring to see if this is the world we live in. And I was wrong. Tommy Bracco's not on this season of Big Brother All-Stars, but it's okay. We'll see him next time. Drama. You know what? Let's get past all of the reality show drama. I think it's time to, you bring in our guest. I am ready. Okay. I'm reading the intro today. This is, this is exciting for me. I'm trusting you. Oh my God. All right. Our guest today is the body of Broadway. He's equally talented as he is hunky, having been nominated for the 2011 Astaire Award for Best Male Dancer, won two Broadway.com Audience Choice Awards for Favorite Breakthrough Performance and Favorite Diva Performance, and was honored by the American Theater Hall of Fame. He created the role of Adam slash Felicia in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert on Broadway, as well as originated Angelique in the original Tony-winning revival of La Caja Faux. He's donned the white pants as Fiero in the national tour of Wicked, played Larry in the Broadway revival of A Chorus Line, as well as appeared in Guys and Dolls, The Pirate Queen, in the international tour and Broadway cast of Chicago, and was most recently starring as Wizard in the tour of Falsettos. He plays the iconic gay influencer Dallas Drake on the other two, as well as having appeared in Sex and the City 2, Lawrence of Mylabia, An Englishman in New York, As the World Turns, Guiding Light, and more. Please welcome to drama, Nick Nick Adams. Adams. Hi, guys. Welcome. (laughs) What an intro. (laughs) Um, You've done so many things, and I feel like I, I don't even know where to begin, but I guess I'll just start by asking, Nick, are you well? I'm well. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> we you? always like to check in. I'm well. Yeah, oddly. doing pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Things Good. have been going going all right, all things considered. We're we're having a blast here on drama. We're very thankful to our friend Haley Pichoon for connecting us to you. So shout out to Haley. Hey Haley. Hey hey. Now, how do you and Haley know each other? We actually, uh, for a short period, went to college together. Uh, oh, cool. She. I think she she only did a year maybe or like a semester um but we were on all the same dance classes and she was a freshman i think i was like a junior um yeah and that's how we met and we've been friends ever since and we actually bonded over our love of britney spears so yes of course it was, oh common, ground, it was common ground for us yeah oh my god <laughs> nick that reminds me something that Okay, so I follow you on Insta. I follow Britney Spears. We have to talk about how you comment on every single one of her posts with like a word or phrase with knee at the end, like, um, you know, like red, white, and blue knee or something. Like what inspired this iconic um, endeavor that you've partaken on? Uh, It's something that was just like birthed from the Britney Spears fandom over the years that like people would just, It'd be like, I think like Godney, like people used to call, they still call her Godney, but it's like mm-hmm. more from, more from that um, term of endearment, which is one of her favorite phrases. Uh, it, and I, it's, it's ridiculous. Like it's so stupid and the things that I try to think of, um, but her posts just inspire me every day for a new one. So um, yeah, my friends get a kick out of it. I think it's funny and it's all I like I like love her so it's never meant to be you know disrespectful or cruel in any way but um I'm glad you noticed (laughs) is she all right is she all right do you guys know I don't know I I hope she is I I can't imagine that she is but I I wish her the best I really you know she's brand she's 
been the source of joy for a lot of people. And I hate to think that she doesn't have joy in her own life. Yeah. So I don't know. I, she's not the same. She doesn't seem like she's the same person that I grew up like with in a sense, Mm -hmm. you know, um, she's been through some shit. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I really hope she's okay. It's just her social media presence wants to suggest otherwise. Yeah, it does. Doesn't it? It's just, yeah, it's bizarre. Bizarre. Well, Brittany really is so unproblematic and she's so nice and like pure, I think, you know what I mean? Like she really is just so sweet and honestly a trailblazer in, in the, the image of pop that she created in the nineties, or I guess that they created in her image is just like all of the girls that have followed in her footsteps. Like, I don't know if Brittany gets enough credit for who she is and how long she's been working um, I don't know if we'll ever see new music from her again, but um, God, maybe. I hope so. Yeah, she loves. <laughs> she sure still loves to dance, you know. Yes, she does love to do that. You know what I was listening to yesterday was "Breathe on Me," which is like oh, so good. Oh my really god, holds up. completely holds up. Love Nick. Didn't Britney notice your like the video of you doing one of the Britney numbers at fifty four? Yeah, so uh, Broadway Loves Britney was a night at 54 Below, and I did Play For You. Yeah, She actually, she watched, like, they sent her a link of, like, all of the videos, and she tweeted about it and was like, Britney Loves Broadway, and these are amazing. So, yeah, I did Play For You in, like, full, full, full tilt drag um, with two backup dancers and a band. And, um, yeah, if you haven't seen it, you should check it out. Uh, we'll, we'll share it. It is truly legendary. <laughs> It's so good. Uh, thank you. You sort of have like this knack for drag throughout your career. Like it's sort of like a thread. That, did you ever imagine that would be something that would sort of be a through no. line? No, <laughs> never. <laughs> um, yeah, it's weird. I, I've, I think I probably am like the only, I, I think I've been in more Broadway musicals as a drag queen than anyone ever. I think. <laughs> I think so. I've done, I've been in drag in three Broadway shows mm-hmm. in wow. Chicago, in Lacage, and in Priscilla Queen of the Desert. So I don't know if there's anybody that knows that answer. I think, yeah, like, I, I, I can't think of. I think that I should be like a guest judge on Drag Race because of that. <laughs> I agree. Right? You should be. Or like the be. guest, like a guest choreographer who then like sits on the panel like in like judges, yeah. like one of the big numbers that they do. Yeah. Yeah. Did, okay. So it was drag race on yet. Yeah, it was, it had started, it was in its earlier years when you were in Priscilla at least. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that was, uh, what, 2010 or 11, mm-hmm. um, 2011, I think. So yeah, it was on. Wow. What was the first, when was the first time you even did drag? Um, I, before, the summer before I went to college, I um, was on scholarship at Gus Giordano, which is a dance company in Chicago. It's in Evanston, Illinois. And one night I went to, um, we went out with like company members and they took me to the Baton, which I don't know if it still exists anymore. I think it closed. Mm. But it was like this legendary famous drag club in downtown Chicago. Uh, and I think that was like the first like real drag show I'd seen. Anyway, they 
picked me out of the audience and took me down in the basement and like had the like legit people that work there do me up and drag and then like throw me out and had to like dance for tips for uh with um a man i feel like a woman by shania twain and then all of the money that i that i that i got tipped and went to like a charity or something at the time that they were raising money for but i looked at me like honestly (laughs) because i was you know i was like what 18 19 i was very um delicate and uh yeah, it's just, it just, it looks good. It looks really good. But that was it. And then um, in college, we used to do a drag like fundraiser every year um, that my class actually started. And so I think it still exists. At, um, I went to school in Boston. And uh, so, yeah, that, that was it. And I never thought that it would ever come into my life again. And then um, my first show out of school, um, I had on my resume that I could sing in falsetto like in special mm. skills. And so it was like my first, literally my first week in New York, I auditioned for Chicago and they were like, Oh, we see that you can sing in falsetto. Um, do you know a little bit of good, which is Mary Sunshine song? And I was like, yeah. Right. And so they said, can you come to the theater tomorrow morning? Um, and we want you to sing it for the musical director. And I was like, okay, <laughs> which was crazy because Chicago, when I was 15, my first trip to New York, Chicago was the first musical I saw. So I was just, this is like eight years later that I'm at that theater, like sitting there by myself waiting for them to come audition me. So then I sing a little bit of good on a Friday, this is Friday. And then Monday I got a phone call that I got the job. So so I was a standby for Mary Sunshine um, with my Broadway debut in the first Broadway gig. Uh, But it was only like literally because I had that on my resume and then boom, I'm getting to be a drag queen in a show. So Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, so that was my first my first Broadway show as a queen. When you were in Lacage, do you recall the Real Houses of Beverly Hills filming around the opening night with Camille Grammer and everything? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I met Camille and I remember I remember her being around a little bit, but she was like not around that often. Yeah. Um, and they did their stuff, you know, I think there, there's certain rules that could with like filming backstage and all that with the unions that is oh. a little tricky to navigate. Um, but yeah, I remember that being, I'm, I'm not like, and I, this is like going to be like sacrilegious to you guys, but I'm not a uh, connoisseur of the, the real housewives empire. <laughs> Me either. Me either. So I Don't apologize. Worry. Okay. Um, I, I, if it's like on and I catch it, I'm like, I'll just, you know, enjoyable, like bad TV. It's like good yeah. TV in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm not like, I, like, I, like friends of mine are like, who the hell are you? How do you not know who these women are? And I, just, <laughs> but Camille, yeah, I remember her being around. Oh my God. I know. I actually just binge watched all of Real Houses of Beverly Hills, like earlier this summer. So that's, it's so fresh in my mind, but I was watching and I was like, oh my God, like, this is crazy. I had no idea that it took so much of the drama kind of took place around Kelsey being in a Broadway show and it was kind of like the dissolution of their relationship which was very sad but anyway yeah Dylan's not a real housewives person not either. at all I know I know it just through memes like on Twitter like I feel like that's like what I know about it right mm-hmm. and I know like I think I watched like the what was it New York was that the original like season was like yeah the New York Queens were first I think I I think I probably watched that and then I didn't but I did think I did I did do one of uh, Luann's concerts once in New Jersey. 
<laughs> that's, that's fun. The Countess and Friends. You're one of her friends. Yeah, that's right. I am. Um, <laughs> I had a Christmas card and a paycheck signed by the Countess. So there you go. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's so go. fun. Um, okay, wait. Yeah. I want to go back to Priscilla because that show is so fun. I actually, it didn't really come into my radar until a couple years ago. My boyfriend played Adam and Felicia. And so there was a summer where we were just driving around listening to you sing all the time. Although the licensed version has some different music than the Broadway version. Yeah. Like, I don't think Material Girl was in it. Like, I think it was Venus instead or something weird like that. Um, yeah, it's like, depending on what the, the UK version and, uh, the Australian version were, um, Kylie Minogue. So, um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know like what the the deal is with the licensing on it. Because I've seen some productions. Not I haven't seen them physically, but like people have sent me clips of you know, mm-hmm. like a a regional show where they're doing Material Girls. So I don't know if they're like bending the rules or it's like dealer's choice. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What um what was that experience like creating a role in a Broadway musical? Honestly, it's the ideal. It's like everything I ever wanted all in one uh, in one opportunity it was insane and it was life-changing and that's how I met my partner and um it really was like the best I don't know I just look back at that time with just such joy and such great uh, gratitude because it was literally like such a gift and the the cast and my co-stars and you know being part of the process from the beginning and having input I think is really what um is the ideal. I mean, that's to feel, to feel the most sense of collaboration is in those instances and in those rooms. So um, to have a stay in sort of the crafting and shaping and not, you know, trying to fill someone else's shoes was, was monumental to my, you know, career and development as an actor. And um, I, I felt like so changed from when I started that process to when we closed, it was like, I was a different human. So yeah. God, I miss I missed it. It was I I cherish it. It was absolutely such a ride. Um and crazy. Like the things I got to do in that show and I'll never get to do again. You know, specifically such an over the top crazy spectacle of a of a musical. But um Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean I have a constant reminder because my my you know, my partner of ten years was in the ensemble of that show. So we met each other. So Oh yes. my god, that's so cute. Okay, so wait, tell me, was it like connection at first meeting kind of thing or yeah like we i i don't know i just was so honestly i was like so focused and so like stressed the fuck out am i i can speak candidly right like oh yeah anything okay um i yeah it's like hey hey yeah you are used to like doing five six seven eight in the back and like the, the weight of the show is not necessarily on your shoulders but now like this is what it feels like so i just was mm-hmm. You know, I, I felt like I was living like a nun and just focused on my job and I'd come home and like review my scripts every night and go all my, you know, just be ready for the next day. And so it wasn't like, I think I, I could acknowledge that there was sort of like a flirtatious energy, but I just had my head down. So I was like focused on the work. And then once we were up um, in Toronto where we did our out of town, right. we had like, there was like a close, like a smaller group within the cast that would we would like if we had a couple of days off, would hang out or like go rent a house, or, you know, do fun stuff together. And he was part of that group. And so 
it just sort of developed. And then I thought it was going to be like a showman's that, you know, mm. kind of would fizzled out. Uh, but it was like once the show was up and we were doing it, then then we were like, oh, hi, <laughs> you know. But our our choreographer, like anytime I had to be partnered or like listed by somebody in the ensemble, they would use Kyle. And so it was like he kind of we feel like he had a hand in in the, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I love that and, and making that happen. But um, yeah, and so we we were. I remember we were in Times Square. It was like February. And we just were like walking back to my place from the theater and we were like, is this a thing? Are we boyfriends? Like, what is this? So we don't have like an actual like anniversary date of when we first got together, but like a month or some, somewhere in that month we were, we just, I remember walking home from the theater and deciding that we were going to be in a relationship. So That's so, oh, that cute. so cute. I love it. Yeah. And he's a, he's of course, I mean, he's in Moulin Rouge and he was in Anastasia, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's actually, like, never not been in a Broadway show. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's like, this is crazy. I'm so bored. I'm like, bitch, tell me about it. This is what, <laughs> this is what it's like. Um, yeah, because he, after uh, Priscilla, I think he went right into Wicked and then did Wicked for a couple years. And I joined Wicked after him, and then he ended up being my understudy. Oh, that's hilarious. So that was crazy. And then... Um, he did uh, An American in Paris. Um, and before Priscilla, he was in Legally Blonde, like right out of college. So Oh, fun. He did a Broadway cast and then went on tour with it and then left the tour to start Priscilla. So, uh, yeah, and then Anastasia. Wow. Moulin Rouge. Yeah. So That's crazy. He's had, a great, he's had a great career, yeah. I mean, right now, they're like, what the hell's happening? But yeah, they're optimistic. I mean, they're producers every day. They're like, we're, we're definitely coming back it's not a question of if it's when and yeah good because Aaron Tveit needs to get his Tony nomination he is so overdue he's my yeah. baby daddy it's just a whole scenario <laughs> yeah oh my god he's pretty remarkable in that show wonderful mm-hmm. yeah he is really great and when we were like breaking down like who would probably get nominated this I mean this was right before COVID we were like all right who could be up for best leading actor and he was pretty much the in my opinion, the front runner. I mean, the, the lead in Sing Street, if he got well-reviewed, could have been in there. And then mm-hmm. we don't really know what Flying Over Sunset was going to be, but there was right. no male lead. I mean, I don't know who they put up for company. Maybe Isaac Powell for West Side Story. He would be up there too. Right. But I think Aaron was kind of a shoe-in. So we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Um, wait, Lily Blonde, the musical, is one of my all-time favorites. I just need to throw that out. Oh, yeah? Oh my God. I think it's got everything. A strong female lead, positive female friendships. It's inspiring. There's dancing. There's, you'll be crying. You'll be laughing. It's truly, it's the best. True. That's Nick, true. why did we never see you as the UPS guy in that? Baby, I don't know. I, <laughs> I was doing chorus line and we were closing and they brought me in for it. Didn't book. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. Wow. Wasn't meant to be. So you, that's, you, um, we had Tyler Haynes on the podcast back in January and did you replaced him or ultimately did his track in that show? Yeah, I replaced Tyler. Oh my God. He's one of my best friends. Oh God. Oh, we love him. He is one of the most supportive, like I would say him and Haley are two of the most supportive post podcast interview guests. Like (laughs) Tyler views every Instagram story that we post on 
for the drama Insta, he will like suggest people all the time. Like, oh my God, you should have this person, this person. He is so amazing. He really is yeah. great. He is. He's actually, it's funny because when I moved to New York, like he was the uh, dancer that like I wanted to be. Like I was like blown away with his talent. I still am. I mean, he does everything, but I, at the time I was like, I want, I want to be like him. I want that kind of career. I want to be able to dance like him. Um, so then when I were, I wasn't even that close. I don't, we were like, you know, friendly and aware of each other. Uh, when I re- replaced him in course line, cause it was like pretty early on in my time in New York. Um, but I like to, that to me was like such a level of success to be like, I replaced Tyler Haynes in a musical. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> um, and now we are like, we call each other like Sif. I mean, we're like best, uh-huh. my favorite people. Um, but yeah, we, we actually are like the best at building each other up, which I love about our friendship. We'll be like just incredibly encouraging of one another. Um, but yeah, he does, he does it all. I mean, he is like a true triple threat and sweetheart mm-hmm. and funny. And I love that guy. Oh my God. That's so nice. Especially because you guys obviously in many ways are similar types. So it's like, I'm sure you've seen each other in audition rooms or, or something along those. And you're like, but at the same time, since you're so close, like that's cool that there's no rivalry, yeah. but like friendly competition in a way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, when one of us gets like a big opportunity, the other is like, it, it feels as if we're, it's happening to us, you know? And I think that's, uh, that's really rare. Most people are like, that bitch got the job. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it is like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's, that's why it's special. It's like very, um, you know, it's not common that you can have a friend that's like the same type. I mean, we are vastly different, but in a lot of ways, like similar in what we do. And so to kind of feel that there's not a sense of jealousy or I don't know. I feel like we're just at the point where we're like, we know who we are, like comfortable with who we are. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like, you know, early twenties in New York, you're like so cutthroat. Like I just want to make it and I have to be the best. And so that sort of falls away once you get more grounded with who you are. So here we are in adulthood. I love that. He's your sis. That reminds me of, are you watching Canada's Drag Race? Uh, Of course I am. How, how um, Alona and Scarlett Bobo call each other sissy for some reason. (laughs) Why do they do that? I couldn't, I could not with Alona. Did you watch last night's episode? Yeah. I know. I, we do it and probably a less, um, like obnoxious way. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm like, relieved. Like we'll just like text each other like this. That's it. Like that's <laughs> I S. And then and then I'm like, what's up? Not like sissy. No, 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 not like that. Not <laughs> look. Do your thing, but yeah. Uh-huh. You guys, Camden's Drag Race though is like, it's so many things. It's a, it's a lot. It's like oh it reminds me of like early years of Drag Race where it was kind of rough around the edges and. Mm-hmm. The judges are like a big question mark for me and like their critiques. It's like, yikes, like. Yeah. But I yeah. like. I have thoughts about the judges for my dose of drama at the end of this podcast that we'll get to. Okay. But yeah. All right. But yeah, I am watching it with bated breath. I'm like, I couldn't wait to move on last night. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Who, who are you rooting for at this point? I mean, honestly, at the beginning, I was obsessed with Boa because she reminded me of like Divine and like had this crazy, like just taking risks and being obnoxious and ridiculous and like very entertaining. Like I like my drag queens to be an entertainer first and foremost, rather than like a look queen or something. Mm -hmm. So, uh, 
yeah, she just, for me, I was like, oh, she's going to, like, kill this. And then she stopped being herself. I don't know. There was something that, like, there was a disconnect. But yeah. I think the judges didn't help that. They didn't, like, they're not encouraging them to, like, stay in their lane and, like, do what they do best. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird. It is weird. I think Jimbo is awesome. His, like, looks are killing it. And he's, yeah. like, got such a point of view about everything. Um, I feel like he really knows who he is, so. For sure. I don't know. I mean, I like them all for certain reasons. It's just, like. Yeah. Some of them are mean. I really like Rita Baga, although I don't know if she should have won the challenge last night. Yeah, I was like, is that even denim? Like, what? It looks like. <laughs> no. What's happening? I, don't know. I thought Jimbo should have won that, but maybe they don't want to give Jimbo too many wins. I don't really. I mean, but Rita has a lot of wins, too. I don't know. Right. I don't know. I the know. critiques made it seem like they, they were like, they thought Scarlett did an amazing job. I, I don't know. So weird. Yeah, the judging is questionable, but you're right. I think it, there's like a scrappiness about the queens that they're not all like just trying to sell merch and all that kind of stuff, which of course is amazing and they will do it, but it's like they're not coming in ready to act on TV. They're coming in like ready to compete to be Canada's, you know, yeah, top that's drag. that's absolutely queen. right. Yeah. It's cool. I love it. Yeah. You've worked with um, Bianca Del Rio with Broadway Bears, right? Yeah, I've known Bianca. I mean, she's actually like my favorite drag queen because no one's funnier than her. She's my favorite winner for sure, yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I used to go to like see her shows and like see her in New York when I was, when I first moved here. Like I know her from like the, you know, bar scene. Um, she's like been at opening, like opening nights of mine and like that's with my, my mom and her have like a really good um, mutual love for one another. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cute. He's always like, he's always like, how's your mom? And like, always comments on any post that has to do with my mom and just like, always sending her messages and stuff. But, um, <laughs> oh, that's yeah, they like, they like fell in love with each other at an opening night. I don't know if it was like for the cause or for Priscilla, but one of those shows. Um, oh, that's so funny. But yeah, so Bianca's, what was your question about Bianca? Oh, I was just mentioning that you guys, I knew you worked together oh, yeah, in Broadway yeah, yeah. Bears. Yeah. Um, and then we ended up doing Broadway Bears together. Oh God. Maybe four or five, four or five years ago, I think. My okay. last one, I did like the, the top bottoms of burlesque, I think was the theme that year. Okay. Um, yeah. So that was my, I mean, I did this year a little bit. I did like, yes, we saw little, little shout out with my, with Kyle and they played like each, I, li- I like that it was a retrospective of like past hit numbers, you know? Um, I thought that was a clever idea given the, the time that we're in. Like, what else can you do? Yeah. Have people like in their studio apartments, like, <laughs> so it's not, not really conducive to like putting on what they're used to, the caliber of show that they normally do. So it was cool to kind of revisit. And, and they played my first year. Uh, I was Pan. Yes. Okay. I was wondering what that number was. Haley's in that number. She's one of the girls. Oh. Let's see. Yeah. Oh my so, god. Yeah, I was the the half man, half goat that got milk. Yes. <laughs> that got milk. Was, was that Todd Bonapane in drag? Yeah. Oh my god. Hysterical. Yeah. I watched Broadway this was my first Broadway Bears. Yeah. Well, not a bad introduction because they did show some pretty great, you know. Yeah. An homage to the past. Um, and Kyle was very featured too. He had his number. Yes. Um, scrimmage where he was uh, the, the cross coach. Yeah. Fun. Hot. Yeah. Very fun. <laughs> That's so yeah. fun. 
what I loved about it was like there was so much like body positivity as well. Like there was people of different sizes and everything, which is really cool. Like I had similar to how Canada's Drag Race Pit Crew is differently shaped people as well. Like I thought that was really cool. Um, all right, Connor, yeah. I cut you off. What were you going to say? Oh, that's okay. I was going to say we've been talking about a lot of things, but I do want to jump back and ask Nick. Mm. We like to ask our guests about their ring of keys moment as it relates to a life in the arts. So that moment when you were a kid or maybe a little older, when you realized that you loved, you know, pop culture, entertainment, theater, and maybe decided that you really wanted to make that a part of your life forever. Do you have a ring of keys moment? I do. I I feel like I have like a, an entire ring of key moment. Uh, I, I like my, my, my love of theater. I know this is like not, the best representation of what the industry is, but like I fell in love with musical theater by way of the course line film as a kid. Like it would be yes. on TV and I would just be a best. And like that, oh my God, that's what Broadway is. Like that's what I want to do. And then I saw like a tour, like a non-union tour of it come through my hometown for like a one-nighter. Um, and it was just like, that was my first time seeing that musical live. And I was just like, this is my, this is what I have to do. Um, so the, that movie really like kind of set off my love for, for dance and theater and, um, I also like when I was nine, my mom took me to like this weird review on New Year's Eve where it was this group called the Showstoppers in our hometown and they were putting on this like New Year's Eve performance and I was like nine years old. And so that was like the actual birth of my love for performing because I was like, I want to do that. I turned to my mom I was like, I have to do that. Um, and then like a week later, I was like auditioning for a show and was in it. But um and this is, okay, this is going to go back to Haley and I, we talked about this like in, in depth. Um, but my, my understanding of like showmanship and stage presence and sort of like, just, I don't know, something that's not tangible about someone that makes them a star. Like when I was kids in high school and like think back to like those major like VMA performances when they were like, mm-hmm. just, I don't know. There was something about the quality and like production value then that, I don't know, maybe some of them were like at Lincoln center. They're just like felt like extra and fucking Brittany would just lay it out. Like what she was like the most confidence I'd ever seen, like exuded from a human being. I'm like, that's how you do it, bitch. That's how you do it. And so <laughs> there was something in form. I feel like that's, to me, people are like, oh, she's not a great singer. She's not a great, like, whatever. I, there was something about the full package entertainer that would, like, leave it all on the, on the stage that I, that really struck me. And I think that's what um, I gravitated towards the most was just, like, this essence of confidence that she just was, like, like an explosion of talent in that way. And so I was, like, I want to be like that, like, I feel like I learned how to investigate my body in the way that she moved. And I know there was just something about, you know, and I've had that discussion with like other Broadway, like performers and Broadway stars where they like can recognize that. And a lot of people discredit, I don't want to make this whole thing about Britney Spears, but (laughs) I love Britney. Go on, go on. I know, I know, I know, but it's just, um, there is something that I, I feel like I have to credit to that um, for my success because there were, she taught me how to like eat the stage. So. And she did. She, I love that. That's like the first time anybody's really talked about a pop star influencing their um, path. Yeah. There just was something that I wanted to bring from 
what I watched her do into my own life, like I into how I performed and how I, you know, would just be, it felt like she was 100% present in that moment, just like having the time of her life. And I was like, that's it. That's the secret. Yeah. And you know, it's, it, it all tracks, honestly, because like seeing clips of you as Felicia or in uh, Broadway Bears, like you own the stage in a similar way that's like confident, you know, it's right. Nickney. i love it um going back to the chorus line film that was the first time i ever saw a chorus line too and i really enjoyed it but people had told me it was bad so when i was watching it i was like am i supposed to hate this but i enjoyed it when i first saw it um yeah i thought it was good i think it's i mean i think a chorus line is like one of the most perfect musicals out there um i don't know now having seen it live and on film, I don't know how well it translated to film, but I still right. did enjoy it a lot. Uh, agreed. I think like, I think it, it holds up in, in the idea, like the general theme and concepts. It's just like, there's some things that I don't know why they made changes to. I think it was just like specific to the time period. They're like, let's update this in a way, which now makes it feel really dated. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause the musical itself is like a period piece. It's like a time capsule, but uh, it's still relatable, you know? Um, and I think, yeah, the film, the people that are like diehard Forest Line, people are like, that movie's garbage. But if it's your first viewing of it, like it did something, it like inspired me to, you know, pursue this, so. And then how cool that you ultimately were in it too, on Broadway. Talk about another crazy moment to me, yeah. Like yeah. I, in, my, in my college dorm room, it was, I had a, the show poster of A Chorus Line and Chicago like on the wall next to my bed. And then I ended up doing them both on Broadway. It was like, the sec- like I literally secreted that shit. Yes, <laughs> it works. It was a vision board before like it had a name to be a vision board. <laughs> you know, like, that actually yeah. reminds me of, I mean, maybe I'm making myself seem a lot younger than I am, but the first time I ever saw Rent was the film. And I was obsessed. Oh my God. I was like, this music is unbelievable. I'm seeing things I've never seen before. I mean, we were just kids in Ohio who- And we were Rosario Dawson stands. Oh my God. We were gagged for Rosario Dawson, let me tell you. And um, yeah, we were like, this is the, this is so great. This is amazing. Cause I think like we were in our first musical, then we were obsessed with Wicked and from Wicked found Adina. And then we were like, oh my God, she's also in this other phenomenon. And then I remember when people told me that the Rent film was like, I mean, no disrespect to anyone who was in it. Everyone's like, oh, it's terrible, whatever. I was like so defensive in like sixth grade being like, what are you talking about? Like, it's so emotional. And there's, you know, I didn't understand the whole angel, the the whole character of Angel, but I was like, I thought I knew. And I was singing La Viva Wem in my mom's backseat and like saying all these words that even like singing some, like I'll hear, I'll listen to it now. And I'm like, oh my God, I was like 12 years old singing and my mom didn't bat an eye. We'd be like trading off lines. But kind of reminds me of a chorus line where it's like, I think film, when musicals are made into films, they can sometimes be great. They can sometimes be bad, but I think they can also really impact someone's life. And especially as a kid, that's how I discovered Rent. And it really, it kept continuing me on a path of loving theater forever. So I don't know. Yeah. Interesting thought. Agreed. I think there, just to add on that, it's, there's something about, it being your first introduction and not knowing like the source material. And so you're like, this is everything. And there is, it, I think it speaks to the, the material itself that like, even if it's not in its purest form, like it's still impacting people and inspiring people. So. Yeah. 
Um, Nick, I need to ask you another question because you were in Wicked and I feel like you've played so many gay roles. What was it like to play Fiero, who I think can be kind of like a gay-ish role in a way anyway? Like, <laughs> Honey, those pants. Those pants I know. I know. <laughs> were you still in it when they were like white pants or were you like when they became a little more off-white? No, they're pretty tight and white. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, and they would like constantly like alter them because after wearing them for a while, they start to like lose their stretch a little bit. Like they would get, you know, they would like immediately be on it and like taking in like the inseam and the butt just to make sure it was always like skin tight. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I did, I did, I did like blow them out a couple times, and I blew out the the green like um, Captain of the Guard pants that he like mm-hmm. in the second act. Um, like once I did as long as your mind from like with all my goodies just out, like just <laughs> hanging out from front to back because it's, it, I like split the seam from like zipper all the way to like the back waistline and you're oh. kneeling, you know, so it's just, like right. squatting. So we were like trying not to laugh about it the whole time. Like, <laughs> and then you like stand up with the lantern and you're like covering yourself. Like, yeah. Yeah. Thank yep. goodness it's dark. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we knew like I, I was, I think it was with, I think Emmy Raver Lampman was on, she was our alphabet standby and she, oh, cool. we just were like, well, here's what it is. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, but I loved playing Sierra. It was so much fun. It's like, it's, it's interesting because it's like, you have a lot of time backstage. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially having done that show after I did Priscilla, where I felt like I never leave the stage. Like I was doing costume changes inside the set or like for 20 seconds off stage and running back on and, you know, like, all of my backstage antics in that show were as exhausting, if not more than what I did on stage. So then I was like, Oh, I have a song now. And then I've got like an hour to do nothing. And then I come on and do a duet and then that's it. Okay. Like (laughs) he's like so effectively used throughout the show though, that you feel like he's more of a presence than what is required. Mm -hmm. Like your stage time is minimal, but um, it is, it's really great because that show is, such like a I mean I hate it's an iconic musical like oh yeah it's super it's a blockbuster hit everyone knows it and the love story is you know people just love it so you you come out to take your your bow at the end of that show and they act like Fierro is the rock star so it was thrilling Mm -hmm. it was really really fun I just remembered one of our best friends Isaac saw you play Fierro like maybe Cincinnati or some or Dayton or something like that and it's funny because Wicked is for people who aren't theater people that's the show they'll be like oh I love Wicked or I saw Wicked and so when we told him that you were coming on this week he's like oh my god I remember him as Fierro he was in love um anyway so (laughs) there's a couple other things we need to touch on we love the other two and we need more of your character yes I know that season two <laughs> shot. We never saw season two. I don't know what's going on there. It, because it was still it was still um, in production at the <sighs> when when COVID began. But they were they did do a lot of they got a lot of shooting done. It was just like a delayed start. It was supposed to start like last September, and then they didn't start until like December or January, I think. Hmm. Um. So yeah, I think it. I hopefully it's completed. But there is another season that's coming. Okay. So, good sit tight but yeah i'm glad you enjoyed it it's such a great show like i watching it i was like oh i would really love this regardless of me being in it or not you know yeah um it's just really clever uh the people and it has like such heart to it you know i just think it's really well crafted and the cast is amazing but i have to say like it from the top down like everyone on that team 
is just a lovely human being. And so it, I feel like you can feel that watching it. Like, you know, everyone's having a fucking blast. Oh yeah. Making it happen. So I don't know. It was an incredible experience and there, I can't wait for more. I love that. I I think it was the first time you've seen Insta gays being presented anywhere except Instagram. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Talk about taking something that's literally happening in the moment and being like, no, this is a phenomenon that I guess gay people know about and putting it out on Comedy Central. Like, I think it was just so brilliant. And of course, like I'm in on it, like I get it. But I was thinking about maybe straight people watching it who don't know what an Insta gay is. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so good. It's so good. I love that show. Yeah. And Jimmy Fowley is hysterical. And you guys, oh my God, what was like your, your brand? Like, is your character, like, what was his thing again? He's religious, kind of. A little (laughs) bit. That's right. Uh, That's hysterical. Okay. And then of course, (laughs) you know, you play, you recently, like right before COVID, you were doing uh, falsettos. Yeah. Was Um, that cut short or did that wrap up? And we, it was a limited engagement tour. So okay. it was six, like six months uh, in its entirety, which was twofold. One, because they, they wanted to get certain people to leave the city and go on the road with it, which mm-hmm. um, I get. It's like if you have to commit to a year or like nine months out of, the, out of town, it's like some, some people are going to be like, I'm not interested. Um, mm-hmm. Also, because of the subject matter, because it's not a very well-known piece, they wanted to like effectively sell it and have it be that, you know, as it was on, in New York, it was a limited engagement, yeah. limited run. Um, so yeah, we did, we started um, in January and then we closed uh, June 30th. And it was, again, like I, I until that point I had said like, uh, Priscilla was my favorite thing I'd ever been part of. And it's still mm-hmm. in, for, for many reasons is, but Falsettos was uh, like, I, I don't know how I will top that experience. I'm so grateful for that opportunity to do that material, to work with James LaPine, to work with that cast. I still can't believe it. Like I remember when I got the job, like just not being in such disbelief that James LaPine, this guy worked with the great, like everyone that I have looked up to since I was a kid. I had like the Into the Woods poster in my room as a kid with his name in yellow on it. Like the fact mm-hmm. that I came in and auditioned for him and he was like, him, it's his. Like, I'm going to get it. I'm emotional thinking about it right now. It was such a, a huge milestone for me in my career. Um, he, I had, I'd heard stories that he was going to be a light. And it was amazing. But I fell in love with that score when I was in college and was like, I have to do the show this someday. I have to play Wizard. Like, I got to um, somehow make this happen. Um, Nick, I feel like you were born for the role of Wizard. And I'm really sad I didn't get a chance to see you in it. Um but maybe again one day. I mean, who knows? I know there was some nice B-roll that you guys had, but... Yeah, there's a lot of B-roll from the show on YouTube. So okay. You can yeah, check it I out. love it. What a great cast, <laughs> I know, too. I want to hear you sing the games I play. The best. Well, the whole thing, I think the whole thing is on there. Okay. Yeah, it was a good take. Yeah. <laughs> I was pleased with it. Actually, I thought I was at Musical Mondays, like in Chicago, while we were there on the road. And they played, they played like, that song i freaked out this was weird to see it like as part of like you know a musical monday moment mm-hmm. but yeah. that's so, Sorry, fun. Didn't so fun um okay so we like to wrap up on a dose of drama which is where we hear from everybody who shares maybe a piece of pop culture anything that's on their mind maybe from the conversation or something they've been binge watching anything and um 
I'll go first. Dylan, I'll go first. Yeah. So I would say my dose, as I hinted earlier, Jeffrey Boyer Chapman is not it for me. And he his reactions on Drag Race are just... They're honestly just like bitchy and non-conducive or constructive to, to the form of drag in any way. And I can say that as someone who has never been a drag queen, who wishes he, he, he knew how to give constructive criticism. I understand that he's like an actor and is a friend of Rue and everything, but his little faces that he made, like when he made that face at Jimbo that was like, well, you were all given the same amount of time. And like, it was like, come on, like, ah. I know, I agree. Must get rid of toxic in the community. <laughs> yeah. Literally. All right, I'll go next. So we were talking about the VMAs a little bit earlier in regards to Britney, but I just have to say the VMAs are coming up and the nominations came out. And yes, Gaga and Ariana got, I think, nine. But I'm really sad that Dua Lipa did not get nominated for Artist of the Year. I was going to say the same thing. Really? Oh I God. love that album. It's so good. It's just it's like perfect. bop after bop. Bop after bop. And she came out with what, like three videos for it and even like some at-home performances and none of it's being honored. Like, I think she got some technical nominations, but nothing for her. And she has killed it this year. Yeah, so. I don't understand that. It's a it's a snub. It's actually like offensive. I don't get it. It is. <laughs> that was a great album. And then she's, she is like, I feel like a big enough artist that she should have, I don't know. She deserves to be nominated. So. Uh, all of her videos are good. She's great. Yeah, she's great. Well, I'm glad we share that drama. Nick, thank you so much for doing our podcast. Seriously, this was such a delight. And it was a dream wonderful. come true. We've loved you for so uh, long. <laughs> thank you, guys. I, it's, been a, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. So thanks for having me. Uh, absolutely. Can't wait to um, watch your Insta stories and promote. <laughs> yes. Uh, that means a lot. Love it. Everybody <laughs> follow at the Nick Adams on Twitter and Instagram. You won't be disappointed and make sure you follow at the drama podcast. Very easy. Just like that. And follow me at Dylan McDowell and me at Connor McDowell. And we will see you guys next time. Drama. drama.